0: You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in?
1: Hey, this is Megan, the other half of nutrition awareness. You guys don't hear me on the podcast as much. But when I come across someone who I find to be really interesting or I think you guys would really benefit hearing from, I'll jump on here and do an interview. So that was the case today with the Pasture Brothers, Evan and Norm, who are chicken farmers here in Orlando. Um, They both come from, they're both second career farmers. They both um, have other jobs and they kind of fell into this because they weren't finding good options for meat around here in Orlando. So we talk a lot about what common labels on chicken um, in the grocery store, what they actually mean. So things like natural or free range or farm raised and how those labels can get really confusing and you can end up paying more for a product that may not actually be a better product. And they're doing a lot of work in our community to just kind of educate as well as providing a superior product for us. So I know I'm really excited to try their chicken after this interview. Um, We also talk about things like, how do you know if a chicken is happy and if they get attached to their animals, what the difference between an egg-laying hen and a meat hen is. So I learned a lot and I hope you guys do too. So if you're interested in learning more about where your food comes from and how it was raised, listen to this podcast. Hello, Nutrition Awareness Podcast listeners. Today you have Megan here as your host. I'm filling in for Kate, and I am here with the Pasture Brothers, <laughs> um, Norm and Evan. So, can you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves?
2: Okay. Uh, my name is Norm. Um, I started chicken farming this past year. Um, I also work as a welder and a fabricator. Um, that's pretty much it.
1: So second career chicken farmer.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I'm Evan, um, the other half of Pasture Brothers. And chicken farmer, uh, we can maybe talk a little bit about how the whole thing got started. But before this, I was in tech sales. Um, I'm now focusing really more full-time on farming and providing better food for folks in the Orlando area.
1: Okay. Are you guys from Orlando, or how did you meet? How did this, how did the past your brothers form?
3: Yeah, because you're obviously not not
1: actual brothers. No,
3: we're not actual brothers. <laughs> no if you couldn't tell by looking at us. Yeah, we're not we're actual brothers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we, uh, we've known each other for a long time. Yeah, we've known each other since fifth grade. Yeah, since yeah, fifth grade, fifth grade so. and like not only that, I mean, we grew up down the street from each other, so in the same neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. Um, in Orlando. In Orlando. in Orlando. Yeah. And then we uh went to so it was elementary school, middle school, high school. We both went to University of Florida together even. And then um yeah, been friends ever since. Yeah.
1: Any background in farming growing up or did you have any interests? Did you see yourselves becoming farmers at any point?
3: Uh
2: no, not at all. I mean, uh my dad's side of the family, there's like uh, up in Kentucky, there's definitely a lot of people that do, um, very mm-hmm. close to the family, but I was never like really close to that or part of
3: that. Okay. Um, yeah. For me, you had no background in farming at all. I was always interested in food. My first job out of college was at a startup that actually was in the food space. It was these two guys that were my age out of Berkeley, California, and they figured out a way to grow gourmet mushrooms on coffee ground waste. Okay. And so they would go around to coffee shops pick up the spent coffee grounds Uh and they would use that as the soil for those mushrooms. So they put together this kit, a grow-at-home mushroom kit. Uh And um, my first job out of college was working for them doing sales in the southeast and getting the mushroom kits into different stores and whatnot. And that was really my first foray and kind of taught me about sustainability and the food space and that kind of thing. Um, And I think they're still around. They're called Back to the Roots if you want to look those guys up. Yeah, but for
1: sure. I'd be interested in the nutritional value of a mushroom grown from coffee beans and if it would be any different.
3: Yeah. I don't know if it affects it much. Any the caffeine medium. in those mushrooms? <laughs> There's probably some trace <laughs> caffeine, but you'd have to probably down a lot of mushrooms to really, <laughs> right for right. a cup of coffee. But other than that, no farming background at all. Okay. For me, yeah. Okay.
1: And so. yeah, so as we were chatting a little bit before we started recording you guys became passionate about bringing some better food to Orlando. So how did that start?
2: Yeah, um, so I guess like a little more background on myself. I I went to uh, UF with Evan, but I, I ended up doing my master's in sustainable design. Um, so that's where I got kind of interested in all that. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like for me, I guess. So mm-hmm. I kind of moved on to other things, but something that always kind of struck me was, um, you know, the the biggest impact we can make on sustainability is, like, the small things in our lives and, you know, agriculture, because agriculture is involved in everything. So um, that was kind of our focus of it, you know, just like we were talking about. um, There's not a lot of that kind of stuff around here. So we were looking for it ourselves, and we couldn't find it. So we were like, hey, let's try and raise some chickens. Let's see what happens. Why
1: chicken instead of beef, instead of eggs, instead of goats or anything else? Why why did we land on chicken?
3: Yeah, well, there's uh, there's kind of tactical advantages of just sure, yeah. people that haven't farmed before. Chickens are relatively easy in terms of they're small animals, so it's not like a cow where you need a lot of space. Mm-hmm. Um, ours are raised in coops that we built, and we can put um, you know up to about a hundred in in this one coop that's sixteen feet by sixteen feet. Okay, so it's manageable. Um, there's a relatively quick turnaround time from the day that they hatch till the time that they're market ready. For us, is about three months, okay. as opposed to a larger animal. If you're going to raise them from a baby until they're fully mature adult, it's going to be you know probably years mm-hmm. in the case of of larger animals, um, and that's just a lot more capital intensive and. All that kind of stuff, and you need a lot of land for that kind of thing. We didn't have any access to land mm-hmm. right. whatsoever. We Did you do s-
1: trials of like, let me just uh, raise this chicken in my backyard and see what happens before <laughs> no, <we laughs> before you started looking for really land or anything like that? For us. Okay,
3: um, <laughs> the backyard situation. Yeah, yeah just where we
2: live and stuff. It just wouldn't really worked out. Okay. But like another reason for chicken was just we eat so much chicken, right? Mm-hmm. I think you go back fifty, sixty years ago, and I don't think that's how American diets were. I think mm-hmm. it was a lot more other stuff, and then chicken is. You know, you can even kind of see as a delicacy back in the day. But now, since it's like, because of the things we talked about, you know, if it's obviously a good jumping point for us to get in, you know, for big businesses, also those things also benefit them too. Mm-hmm. So just, yeah, the amount that we eat, and it was maybe something that we could make an impact a little bit quicker, I guess, right, okay. from, from, you know, our original thoughts on everything, mm-hmm. like when we started. So. Yeah,
3: it was always intended to be kind of a, a test, a, a pilot run, a trial run. See if we can even raise these birds in the first place, mm-hmm. see if there's other folks that are interested in buying them from us, seeing if uh you know they taste better they you know just what the whole experience is like mm-hmm. and so we didn't want to pour all this time and all these resources into something that was uh you know. That would get us in over our heads, I guess. And so chicken seemed like something that was manageable and the right kind of thing. Because, yeah, the other thing too is, like Norman said, we eat a ton of chicken already. Right. So, why not start there? Mm -hmm.
1: So, the the gateway farming. Pretty much. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) it's a great gateway. (laughs) Um, Had you tried (laughs) pasture raised chicken before doing this and had you noticed a big difference and that was kind of pushed you in that direction? Had you been able to find it anywhere?
2: So, for me, no. I hadn't. But, um, I've eaten a lot of, like, you know, you can get into labeling, but, like, free range and mm-hmm. different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do notice that, you know, there's a difference. Um, I think if I eat, you know, if you really one of our birds versus something you buy in Publix now, yeah, there's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, before that, no, no, because they're, they're really, in our area, there's maybe mm-hmm. two people, that, two or three other guys that were doing it. Talk yeah. to
1: me about the differences. So, like, how is it taste? Is it juiciness? Is it how it looks?
3: Yeah, there's a, I mean, sure, a, yeah, all a of full spectrum of, of differences. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. the way that it looks, you know, the conventional chicken that you are going to buy at the store 99% of the time is going to be a totally different breed of bird from what we're raising. Um, it's probably going to be a Cornish cross. It's going to be the type of bird that's been genetically quote-unquote enhanced by the chicken industry over the course of the past close to 100 years to just grow as fast as possible, uh, be not able to... Not be able to move. Yeah, in a very big small breasts. space. Huge <laughs> breast meat and all they can't even really stand when you see them mm-hmm. in real life. So that's not the kind of animal that we really were interested in raising ourselves. So when you see our bird, whether it's when you buy it from us, you know, fully processed and packaged and ready to throw in the oven or when you actually see it out in the pasture when we're raising it on the farm it's uh, a totally different kind of animal it doesn't have the huge breast meat it has actually a lot bigger legs like our birds have yeah because they're running running around they've got got muscles (laughs) right right. (laughs) exactly and like you know another thing is i think is super
2: important is um you know we don't use any kind of artificial light cycles like in, you know, conventional chicken farm, they've got lights running all the time, so the birds are always active, so they're always eating. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's, I think, a big deal
1: Okay, so I had an idea at one point that I brought up to some cattle farmers where I said, hey, what if we could just scan the label on the chicken, the beef, the whatever, and it would show us where that cow or chicken was raised where it was processed and every little step that it went through to get to Mm -hmm. the consumer wouldn't that be awesome that would be really cool they were all like no that would not (laughs) be awesome because it would cost so much more money that the consumer would not pay the extra money required in order for that to happen
3: if that was on the farmer's back to actually provide that technology i guess i don't know who's
1: that. who's back it would be on or yeah. it was just an idea because i'm thinking like you know so many people care about this but when it's once you get For to sure. the grocery store it seems like well i don't really have a choice because it doesn't tell me if this came from kentucky or florida or if it went to cargo in texas to get processed or yeah. anything i don't know anything about it and yeah. how can i know more about it other than going to your farm or going to a farmer's market and knowing the actual farmer, which I think right now people aren't just taking, just aren't taking it. Yeah, that's really tough.
3: I mean, it's really tough because you want it to be as frictionless, so to speak, of an uh, experience for your customers to really see where your food comes from. And right now, um, when you go to the grocery stores, yeah, you're just really seeing kind of those cheery, happy food labels that you kind of, for the most part, just take at face value. If I see the word natural, I see a pretty cartoon picture on the label of a green pasture and a red barn and some animals outside. I'm like, well, that looks happy enough. And you pay an extra three dollars just because of that. (laughs) You feel a little
1: bit better about
3: it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I I mean, I love that idea. Like, uh, you know, that we post so much on social media to try to make it easy for folks to see. But even that, you know, not everyone necessarily is on Instagram or Sure. Whatever, yeah. and they shouldn't have to be like it. Shouldn't be that hard uh, to see where your food comes from. So hopefully, someone, some young <laughs> technology entrepreneur, I don't know, can come up with an app like that. That'd be yeah. really cool. That would be. Cool. But I also think that uh, yeah, there's definitely a disincentive for the big food industry to um, allow something like that. Uh, they don't really want you to see that, like we talked about before. And even, I mean, I've I've seen some things recently of small farmers who are very real about what goes on at the farm and, you know, show everything from how animals are born and raised to the eventual slaughtering process. And, you know, they obviously, uh, you know, that's obviously some some very real content if you're actually showing the slaughtering process, mm-hmm. but also it's for the person that really wants to see what goes on, there should be the ability, I think personally, to actually see that firsthand, not that it should just be freely available without any kind of warning or whatever, but I've seen that um, today the bigger kind of platforms are starting to make it much harder for farmers like that to post content um, of the slaughtering process. That's obviously a controversial kind kind of thing, but it kind of feels like that's going a little bit in the wrong direction in terms of allowing for transparency, kind of a slippery slope kind of thing, so. Yeah,
1: it, it's really easy for us today to have that chicken sandwich in front of us and never really think about how it got there. Right, right. And because you see this breast and you don't realize that it was part of an animal. Like, mm-hmm. it, we, don't, we don't even realize that these days when we're looking at our plates. But, I mean, the tough truth of it is it had to go through something. So right. if you're going to support eating meat, then you really should be knowing how it got to your plate,
2: yeah, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot which just we're very desensitized to like just how our food gets to us, you know, yeah, just ninety nine percent of people I feel like just have no idea they just go to a store and buy it, and I think that goes you know it's like like you were saying with you know if if you want if you're going to continue to eat it, it's better to at least know that the animals are going through a good life, right? But also, it's like, we're desensitized in terms of the costs of food. Like, because there's giant industries, you know, it's kind of, it's like, it's a a very unrealistic cost what you would pay Mm -hmm. for the bottom line chicken. Mm -hmm. And I think it's unfortunate for small farmers because it's like, we obviously can't afford to do things the same as big businesses. But there's like a, because we're so desensitized, everyone thinks of chicken is the same across the board or beef is the same across the board and when it's not like that it's it's very much where it comes from like even in central florida the other farmers we know of we don't necessarily do chicken the same way just because we might be down the road while our land's a little different you know and it's i guess all that kind of thing if you commodify commodify food right it's uh it's a little bit dangerous to make it too convenient, because then you just have no option to even know anything about it, you know?
1: There's no respect there. It's like, no chicken's respect. very easy to come by
2: mm-hmm.
1: when it's that mass-produced chicken, whereas mm-hmm. your chicken mm-hmm. isn't as easy to come by, right, and it, it, right. it's a right. special thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Where, huh. you know...
2: And then even that's kind of unfortunate, life. because it's like, uh, should good quality food be considered special? <laughs> you know? It is now, right. you know? Um, it's like, that's yeah. an unfortunate, uh, like place to be in I guess you
3: know yeah or just to look at it the other way like should 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 cheap food just be so easy to come by necessarily I mean should we look at food that comes from an animal from something that was alive a living thing as just this commodity or should there really be some you know quote-unquote kind of sanctity to it and some real understanding to it so that we don't get you know into this system where we don't know where things come from, and we're just treating everything as if it's just this inanimate object that we just consume without thinking. Yeah. I think that that's not a healthy way for you know the society that I'm that I want to be a part of to go. So. Yeah,
2: that's a super convenient thing. Or everything is just that you hand money, and then you know it's like it it just disconnects you from. Yeah. real things and like food and farming that's like about as human as it gets you mm-hmm. know? as long mm-hmm. as we've been here we've basically been doing that
1: since yeah, doing you guys it. have started doing this do you think you consume less meat i do yeah absolutely overall
2: and i think about it a lot more mm-hmm. um, not in the sense of like oh i don't want to eat this anymore but it's like i think about anytime i eat meat like eh,
3: i came from somewhere you know
1: yeah and it's a good thing yeah i think mm-hmm.
3: I, I don't buy any chicken now unless I don't, the only chicken really. I can eat is our chicken. Yeah. Um, aside from that, I mean, I'm more thoughtful about the meat I consume. I don't think I necessarily eat it less in general, but it's the type of meat that I, that I eat and, you know, the places where I get it. Now, if I can't source it from a local farmer, I'll definitely second guess whether I get it at all. But we have been able to get plugged in just by way of getting into the farm scene ourselves here in -hmm. Central Florida and making friends with other local farmers that we kind of know who we can get um, good quality stuff from. Mm -hmm. But obviously we understand that not everyone, most people in fact, are are not that way and it's really not easy um, to find that kind of stuff. So that's a challenge.
1: Okay, so if I'm a person that wants to start paying more attention to this and, and buying better meat products what where do I go what do I do where do I get your stuff how do I get connected with these farmers um
2: yeah I guess it's it's an interesting uh question because I've never really thought about from that side um like I think for us the easiest way to kind of understand what we're doing is probably follow us like on Instagram but um what's your handle uh just pasture brothers okay um and if you'd like to like actually you know um purchase a bird or Evan's wrote a bunch of awesome blog posts on there, too, but our actual website is where you would get our stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the local Orlando area, you can order online, and then we'll work out a way to get it to you.
1: Okay. And are they always available, or are there certain times when they come of age, so
3: to speak? (laughs) Yeah, well, we raise them in small batches still. I don't think we've had more than five total batches now of birds, and it's up to about 80 birds at a time is the most right that we've done so we pretty much have them until they sell out and then we're raising the next batch gotcha so the availability is is on the website gotcha so
1: when you buy a chicken do you buy a whole chicken yes yes yeah that's
3: that's what we currently offer right now is whole birds the whole birds yeah and then the not the cuts of meat but we do offer the organ meats like the livers Mm -hmm. and feet and things like that yeah we got livers feet heads gizzards some people choose to do the the necks and the heads and right. some of that kind of stuff and actually make it into dog food, which uh, that's becoming more of a thing now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people being thoughtful about what they feed their dog, um, and, and that's so, important to
2: us. Like we want you know we want the whole bird to be utilized.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Anyway, as much as possible.
3: Nothing goes to waste. Right. So yeah, but in terms of other farmers and how to get access to, um. Good local food. I mean, there are websites. I think Local Harvest is one that you can go on and kind of type in what you're looking for in your area. I think mm-hmm. Eat Wild is another one that you can kind of. I think that focuses more on local meat and folks that do more grass, pasture based farming. Yeah. And uh,
1: have you guys ever tried Butcher like Box?
3: No, but I haven't tried I've, it. I've heard of it.
1: They've sent me some of their stuff, and and I ordered from them a couple times. Um, but they do salmon, beef, they have chicken now as well, and it's all grass-fed, pasture-raised yeah, type stuff. stuff, and then they that's send awesome. you pictures of, like, the farms and the people and all that kind of stuff, so yeah. that, that's an option for that I give my clients that it's not necessarily local to Florida or to Orlando, right. but you know where your stuff's coming from.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. stuff like that's beautiful, for <laughs> sure. I mean, if you don't have folks that are local to you that you can find easily, I mean, yeah. that sounds like an awesome option.
2: Yeah, and especially, like, you know, kind of right now, it's really important because we don't have enough, you know, like we are talking about, there's not enough local meat producers in Orlando, not enough just produce producers in Orlando, um, and if you get, kind of get these little food deserts, like, just because you're in a spot that doesn't have what you need, um, you know, maybe you can go a little distance or use a service like uh, you were talking about, mm-hmm. yeah, to get what you need, I think mm-hmm. it's worth it. Um, you know, local something we definitely try and push, though, like, um, because... You know, things that you eat probably should be grown around you. You know, there's no really sense in something coming from like you don't necessarily need an orange from California to come right. here. You know, like, <laughs> right. We, well, we
1: can do that here. You know, yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially in Orlando. I mean I was really inspired by Rob Greenfield who was yeah. just uh spent he's a food activist and he was just in Orlando for two years. He ate only food that he grew or foraged himself yeah, I for heard an about entire this year. Guy. He lived right in Winter Park. Yeah. Um. And I went and saw his his uh, talk the other day, right after he had completed it, and it's really amazing when you start to think, wow. I mean, you can grow all of your own food, you know. Um. And it seems crazy sometimes because we are so disconnected from it today. I mean, I do a little backyard gardening myself, and anytime friends come over, they're just kind of blown away. Yeah, it's, see, it's like, amazing. Vegetables yeah. growing there. That's so different and it's the kind of thing that our grandparents would probably just you know be laughing at us because right. all of them they did it not for as a hobby but kind of as, as a necessity yeah i mean throughout history so
1: it's becoming cool again it is yeah,
3: right <laughs> which is great well, that's great yeah. yeah hopefully that continues to be the trend
2: i mean that's the thing I, you know I, I like to tell people like one of the greatest things about doing this for the last little over years is Like, agriculture is a lot of fun, you Mm -hmm. know? I think a lot of people uh, would have a lot of fun, and maybe it's something they might be passionate about, but it's like, unfortunately, we don't have those avenues to get introduced to it, Mm -hmm. So I would encourage anybody, you know, if you want to really know what your food is, like, grow it yourself. Yeah. Like, I think that's the way to go.
1: And you guys invite people out to the farm, right? People can come out anytime and kind of see what you guys are doing. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We welcome folks out. Uh, You know, we would love To get into a space where we can start eventually doing things like field trips and having kids out more and making education a bigger part of it. We go into schools now, we've been starting to go into elementary schools, and we have a whole slide presentation about how we partner with chickens for a healthier environment. Cool. And it's so great because it's such a perfect kind of thing for kids to see the little videos of chickens running around and understanding oh, you know, this is where my Chick fil A sandwich comes from. This is a chicken. Yeah, we um, a funny conversation with little kids. A, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> funny. Some <laughs> of them take to it better than others, but right, right, right. I mean, it's like better now than, I don't know, way down the road. So we make it fun for them. And anyways, it's, it's all about educating. We think the, the earlier, the better. Um, yeah. And yeah, there's a lot of more opportunity, I think, for that kind of transparency in agriculture.
1: What do your chickens eat?
3: Okay, so uh,
2: they have a a feed. It's just a a regular chicken feed um, for meat chickens. So our chickens are obviously growing a little bit faster. But um, their diet is probably like 70% feed and like 30% things in the coop. So whether it be grass or, you know, sometimes there's all kinds of like little different weeds in there or Mm -hmm. a lot of different protein sources. So like a lot of bugs, worms, um, crickets, like what you can... I mean, I'm sure there's even mice that get in there cause
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they, mm-hmm. yeah, they're true omnivores. Seen some of
1: those YouTube videos? Yeah. <laughs> <The> chickens <laughs> going after the, the mice. Yeah, yeah,
3: I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, it, it's a good thing they're not bigger than us because we would get eaten. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, immediately, <laughs> you know. Yeah, our but, birds
2: are pretty sweet-natured, but like when you're around them enough, you realize they're like little dinosaurs. They're yeah, very, like, yeah. Definitely.
1: Can you tell yeah. if chickens are happy?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it, that's that's like a hard question because it's like I don't think chickens really. Think of happiness like we do, but I think if they act like an animal should you know it's walking around, foraging, um you know bathing in the sun, like whatever, like mm-hmm. yeah, in in that sense, I think they're much happier comparatively speaking,
3: yeah, um, we say we don't aim for happiness, we aim for chickenness, right, okay, that and makes sense, it's like if it's acting like a chicken, um then our goal is complete, right, you know, right. we're just trying to not inhibit anything. About that chicken's natural instincts That makes it that way And living outside on the pasture In the sun, fresh air Eating bugs, chasing after lizards Grasshoppers, whatever it is uh, That's what chickens are supposed to do Yeah, so they just manifest our goal in
2: their destiny <laughs> Exactly,
3: yeah
1: Do you get attached To your animals? Have you so, named any of them? <laughs> so. How do you prevent that From happening? <laughs> uh,
2: I don't name any um, I definitely get attached in the sense of, like, I'm grateful for them, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to, like, harvest time, um, and that's, like, you know, I'll be frank with people, it's, like, an interestingly emotional time, I guess, just because it's, it's just a lot, you're just thinking about a lot, um, it's never where I, like, I don't necessarily feel bad for them or anything like that, but, yeah, it's a, not in the sense of, like, I'm really attached to my dog. But I definitely like care about the birds and their mm-hmm. well-being. And mm-hmm. It's it's unfortunate. It's like when processing happens, it's like, well, I need this to happen for me to be able to continue doing what I'm doing. But it's like, eh, just spent you know
3: three months because each worker is a little yeah.
1: different. Yeah, yeah. There's more of a reverence yeah. in
2: it. Sure, yeah, sure. Reverence sure, is a great word.
3: Great word. Yeah, yeah. Anything you spend that much time with, you know, you build a kind of relationship with. But at the end of the day, they're not pets, right? It's like this is our food. They're serving that purpose. And uh, and yeah, but you can't help but feeling some kind of tinge of, you know, emotion or kind of whatever it is at the end of the day, because right. it's like a lot of hard work coming to kind of fruition. So there's a lot, there's a lot of feelings, yeah, at the end. And that's another important thing, too, that, uh, you know, folks, you kind of get away from when you're disconnected from food, but farmers have a very close connection with is are those feelings of that appreciation for your food the work that goes into it and the blood sweat and tears sure. that you poured yeah. you know no days off
2: yeah um, yeah and it's weird to have to do something like like i think you get so accustomed like you go you do your job you get a paycheck you know and that's like it's like i can show up and do my job and get my paycheck but if i just showed up every day and didn't do the things that are kind of hard with farming like mm-hmm. it wouldn't work you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um yeah it's, it's interesting but it's worth it it's worth it and i think uh everybody could grow a little bit if they you know kind of have to put yourself in those decision making places I think it's good for everybody in some kind of way
1: so after about it I guess about a year of doing this it seems like you guys are kind of all in it, does, it doesn't seem like you're backing <laughs> away it seems like you're getting getting further further under. yeah I would say
3: yeah. so I mean
2: yeah we're I mean like right now we're kind of looking at an, a new piece of land that we're trying to move to and if that would work out it would open up you know a lot of possibilities okay um but yeah I mean it's uh <laughs> I guess every month we go it's always a little deeper it's funny I mean the <laughs> you start a business is not what you think and it's it doesn't right. end up like you know predictably I guess where we thought we'd be a year from like last year versus now is different in my head yeah but it's like we're in a better place I think than we could have been so. yeah
3: yeah for sure yeah. yeah there's just so much more opportunity to, to serve more folks and um Our goal is just to kind of, you know, hopefully serve more of the community, hopefully educate more young people and people in general about a better way to farm and I mean we love, we really love doing it, I mean that's the biggest thing too, it's not, we wouldn't continue doing this if we didn't really love it and feel like it was, it was beneficial. Yeah, it's not the kind of so. job you can like hate and keep doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's, this just right. doesn't work like that. Right. So yeah, we're very uh, we're very optimistic that we can continue doing it and that more people will uh, will will pick up on it as well. So.
1: So chickens that are used for meat are they all male so they don't lay eggs or do they also lay eggs?
3: So
2: um, it's a mixture. Like generally, what you get, it's pretty hard to tell. Like from a carcass, generally, I mean, if it's a really big. Full bird, and it's probably a boy, mm-hmm. um, but no, there isn't really much distinction. Uh, obviously, um, well, not obviously, because obviously it's different for all kinds of animals. But male chickens are larger than females. Mm-hmm. So, like in in our terms, we we prefer to have males because that's, that's what we order. Um, there's always a couple of hens that get in there. It's hard to tell, but in the same amount of time, they're about twenty percent larger. Um, and then it, there's also not a lot of usage fruit roosters unfortunately besides that
1: Mm -hmm.
2: so it's kind of in my head it's like well if we don't get them
1: what's gonna happen to them yeah
2: what does happen to them is really unfortunate like they're literally just like a hatch and a thrown in a trash can wow you know that's
1: and does that happen (laughs) right after they're born and they like they would be born and they're like oh this is a male see you later we don't need you for anything yeah yeah so i think a lot of people don't know you don't need a rooster to have an egg
3: Right. chickens are gonna mm-hmm. lay eggs right. every
1: day regardless if there's a rooster around right. And you don't want to
3: yeah. get a fertilized egg yeah <laughs> it's, uh, no that would be a, yeah yeah, the, yeah. The i don't
1: experience. think a lot of a lot of people know that i think that you think about it in terms of like an egg has to there has to be a male and a female to have an mm-hmm. egg but it's mm-hmm. really just you don't need the rooster <laughs> no, yeah.
3: no yeah and we get asked a lot like do we do eggs as well and we don't have any egg laying birds yet but in terms of growing for the future, though, it's definitely something we would love to do yeah. in the future. It's kind of the thing, one thing at a time. Yeah. Right, because it's
2: like you think, oh, chickens, you know how to raise them? Like you can do them all. But egg birds are completely very different. Very different. You know, they, need, they have very different dietary needs, they have okay. very different space needs. So when we get into that, we want to do it right, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. So. so what's next?
2: Oh. so much like uh, we have uh, what do we have
1: to look forward to in 2020 we're nearing the end of 2019 so what's on the books
2: so hopefully um, if we can get this uh, another piece of land that we're looking at right now
1: and where where are you guys located so we're in
2: Popkin now and where we've been moving is like kind of over Sorrento area okay so there's There's hills over there I know (laughs) it's it's beautiful beautiful, it's beautiful and it's uh, it's super quiet but you know it's like perfect because it's not too far from Orlando um, and it's, like, even cool, you know, maybe if you wanted to come get a bird, you can get out of Orlando for a minute, you mm-hmm. know? It's, what, 30 minutes or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. like, a lot of growth, uh, contingent on, you know, a lot of things, but, um, for me personally, it's, like, if we can continue to try and get the word out, you know, educate people on their food, where it comes from, um, that's, that's where, like, my head and my heart's at, you know, mm-hmm.
1: so. And mostly kids going into schools or are you wanting to do classes for adults or do workshops or
3: have yeah, people think,
1: out to the farm
3: yeah, anyone that would have us if you know if there's interest in that i think our presentation for the kids i think the teachers from the feedback we've gotten the teachers have learned almost as much as the kids have mm-hmm. honestly because mm-hmm. uh you just don't interact with farmers too often these days yeah so yeah we would love to do the same kind of thing at for you know, other groups of, of, of local folks, you know, whatever the age. Yeah. Um, kids is really cool. I mean, it goes into the whole sustainability mindset. Right. It's like, if this information just dies with us without the next generation taking to it, then it's really, that's not sustainable mm-hmm. because it's, it's gone. So we have to make sure that young people are aware of this kind of thing. But at the same time, you're never too, old to start something new in my opinion so if we can educate folks that maybe have lived on the conventional American diet for their whole lives and we can turn them on to a better way of uh, thinking about their food and a better source for their food that's actually better for them, better for the animals, better for the environment then you know over time that can make a big difference in that individual's life and maybe in their family and their friends lives if they can get more of that information as well. Yeah who knows
2: like you might like really like, you know, agriculture or growing mm-hmm. your own food and like change your life.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I wanna be really clear about this. So as a normal consumer, you've probably never had a pasture raised chicken. You've probably yeah. never tasted that. And even if yeah, you've searched right. for it or you've you've probably never actually tasted that before. Mm-hmm. So
3: That's it, true. That's it's true. time. <laughs> neither of us had before we got into this. Yeah. We took the labels at face value and right. then come To find out that's they really don't mean what they thought we did, mm-hmm. so and I think even pasture like, I mean,
2: that's obviously what we do, um, but you know, a good word for it too is like traditional, just like how food used to be, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we get a lot of like, uh, not I want to say older, but um, a little bit older than myself people that maybe at my parents' age and stuff that order that get our birds. And they're like, this reminds me of my childhood. This, this is how chicken used to used taste. To you know? yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. the interesting. coolest thing. Yeah. Because it's, it's like,
1: uh, that's. Because we don't know, yeah. the, we really don't know the difference, but they've probably tasted the difference. Right. And right. they ha- probably haven't had that taste for 30, 40 years. Sure. Yeah. It's pretty amazing.
3: That's, that's kind of the coolest thing to hear, honestly, because it's such a raw kind of. Uh, kind of testimonial you know yeah it's Mm -hmm. like we know we're doing a good job something like that (laughs) yeah that's yeah so we love that so we want to keep doing that awesome
1: any parting words for the audience if you had an ask of the audience or maybe any advice on how you can learn more about where your food is coming from
2: i would say for me just you know ask questions whether it be food or plenty of other things like you know, the things we talked about today could relate to a lot of stuff in our lives, just convenience, you know. Um, explore what you're doing, what you're eating, you know, in the same way that you enjoy, like, your hobbies, you know, and you should look at food like that because it's about the most important decision you make every day,
3: like, three or four times a day. You know? Exactly.
1: So
2: that's uh, all I can probably say.
3: Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, and also just, just don't think that anything is, is too difficult necessarily. I mean, we didn't know about chicken farming whatsoever. And we've been able to kind of relatively successfully, I guess you could say, you know, become chicken farmers, uh, at least provide a small group of people, um, some high quality um, food, you know, that's pretty awesome. But not everyone has to do that, or probably wants to do that, or is interested in that. If you just want to buy some seeds from a local, um, you know, nursery, and try to grow some vegetables in your backyard, all you really need is a decent-sized pot, and you can grow some food yeah. in your backyard. So kale grows really well here. Kale grows. Super <laughs> it cool just faster. keeps going
1: and going and going. Yeah, I
3: probably got ten or twelve pounds of kale out of my like four yeah. by four yeah. garden last year. So so just don't think that you can't do it. Don't think you can't find uh, high-quality food. Like there's more than enough information out there if you if you if you look hard enough and you can also probably do it yourself i mean again i would really look into rob greenfield and what he did Mm -hmm. eating only food that he raised or foraged all by himself for an entire year here in orlando it's pretty amazing so uh you know anything's possible yeah I appreciate
1: you guys being here and educating us more on chickens and where they come from and what they eat. Mm -hmm. So people can find you on Instagram at Pasture Brothers, Mm -hmm. and your website is pasturebrothers.com, where if you want to try some of their chickens, you can go ahead and put in an order right on the website, right? That's right. Awesome. Anything special for the holidays? You guys have any kind of specials, or are you selling a lot of birds for the holidays, or
2: um, we're on a to convince people to uh eat chickens instead of turkey yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're uh, for the holidays we've had some success with that so far <laughs> cool <laughs> and some folks that were uh trading out the turkey yeah um you know save some money uh still gonna have plenty of leftovers uh, uh how many pounds better, are a typical chicken Typical chicken, probably four and a half pounds. Yeah. Okay. Four or five, somewhere. We've got some some ones that are quite a bit bigger. Yeah, so. we've got some mini turkeys, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got
2: some smaller ones, too, that are great for like if it was like one or two people.
1: Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you again.
3: Yeah. Hopefully, we'll for talk to us. you guys soon. Yeah, sounds good.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, Please email kate at OrlandoDietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.OrlandoDietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D I E T I T I A N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real.